0: Hi, everyone. It's Sunny. I know it's been a while, but we appreciate you for even tuning back in even after so long. And we hope you're doing well. This following conversation is one JR and I had about a year and a half ago during Pride 2018 as part of a series of conversations around queer topics and our experiences related to our queer identities. We never got to finish the series, but we did record this episode. It's very personal and it gets very deep which is probably why, as the one who updates the podcast, I had some debilitating anxiety around posting it. But I'm reminded that not all stories are perfect and that if this can help someone, it's worth sharing. So, if you've made it this far, please continue listening and growing into yourself. Happy National Coming Out Day.
1: Welcome to our Pride Series.
0: Um, mask for pride. Yes. And I think we're also calling it Pride Day. Happy pride Day. Right? Kind happy of, Pride Day. A pun on a little uh, on Friday. We're calling it Pride Day with a little bit of a Filipino accent. <laughs> 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 so hashtag happy Pride Day. Happy Pride Day. <laughs> Um. Yeah, so we have a really, really special episode today. Um, we're going to be talking about and going into our coming out story, our coming out journey.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and we're expecting to get really deep, right? Yeah. And maybe go back into our memories and feel a little bit, mm-hmm. get into our feels a little bit. Some stressful memories. So some... we're going to be
1: really vulnerable with y'all. Mm-hmm. So
0: like you know
1: like thank you for that and joining us and listening to our stories Mm -hmm. I don't even think you and I have shared these stories to each other so it's gonna be new
0: yeah we've definitely talked about it um, in kind of like passing Mm -hmm. in like in other conversations but not not really specifically about how we came out yeah I'm super curious yeah yeah so So, get your damn mask on yeah get your mask (laughs) on with us um, and Hear our stories. Mm-hmm. Um, well,
1: let's talk about the mess that we have on first.
0: Yeah, so as I was saying, like this 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 um, episode is going to get really deep and we might come across some memories that trigger us a little bit and mm-hmm. can be stressful. So we're doing a special mask. It's called the <laughs> Chill Out Mask. Um, it's by Avatara. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got this mask at Target and it was really cheap. It was like two ninety nine dollars 99 per mask. Yeah. Um, and this mask is, again, called the Chill Out Face Mask. It's a tension reliever for your face. Um, the little... Um, I guess, uh, motto for this face mask is, when skin's feeling a bit tense, this exclusive cocktail of skin soothers can help relax <laughs> and soften. Namaste. Namaste. <clears throat> so it's for stress skin, it's paraben-free, silicon free mineral oil-free, and dermatologist tested, so it mm-hmm. shouldn't um it should be safe for people with sensitive skin um and putting it on or taking out of the package like the first time i tried this mask i was really surprised that it came with like a plastic sheet inside that was folded into the mask i guess it's to keep it from like getting tangled or like yeah um molding into itself and it's hard make it easier for you to like open the mask up Mm -hmm. um but i don't know i feel like that's really unnecessary (coughs) (laughs) a little extra (laughs) a little extra little waste of you know plastic and like i don't think it's even like the recyclable type of plastic but um (laughs) it's neither here nor there boo boo (laughs) (laughs) um that's the like little environmentalist to me but yeah um so we have it on our face now Mm -hmm. um what's your initial reaction
1: mine um Like any other sheet masks for now, um, I think it applies the same way, Mm -hmm. so I'm more curious on my post effects and Mm -hmm. how it rubs in, how long it takes to dry. Or to absorb all the product in my skin. So, we'll see. But so far now, it's, like, cooling. Mm-hmm, for definitely. Sure. mm-hmm. Um, and it's really wet to, to start off with.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, I had some of the excess liquid, like, drip down my
1: yeah. neck. And I, like, put it on, and I'm, like, rubbing yeah, in my yeah. neck. So, I don't want to waste any yeah.
0: products. So. I mean, I guess it's a good thing, because we're not supposed to forget about our neck. Yeah. If we're taking care of our, fe- <laughs> our face.
1: <laughs> Can, how do we want to start this? This is, like, so big, right? Yeah. Um... I guess well let's also preface that like you know since we are being really vulnerable with ourselves that like these are our own individual experiences and that everybody has their own personal journeys Um, and this is just going to be ours and how we've navigated or at least at least I've navigated like navigate or my queerness from pre and post outage Mm -hmm. so um, for everybody
0: um like Yeah, Um, we're simply talking about our personal journeys Um, we're not here to kind of represent all queer people and their coming out stories even though there are similarities and we can be empathetic to everyone Mm -hmm. um, everyone's journey is different and personal to them Um, and as I think we'll we'll discuss and we'll get to find out like our journeys are going to be, yeah. there are going to be some similarities, but also a lot of, um, differences.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and the main thing I guess that we want to focus on, or like the message that we want to send is that, um, people should not be pressured to come out. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, it's definitely something that you do on your own time. Yeah. If it's something that you're still struggling with, mm-hmm. like struggle through it yeah. in your own way. Definitely. Um, but also know that, um, that we're doing, we're, we're having this conversation so that people out there who do listen and are struggling with their identity yeah. um, can feel um, a sense of, um, representation or yeah. or empowerment empowerment maybe. in in our stories. Yeah. and hopefully that's what that's what comes out of this conversation is that mm-hmm. people feel empowered to, you know, be themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, because born this way, yes, like Lady Gaga.
1: said, <laughs> <laughs> We're all
0: born this way. Yeah. So we're going to be very candid and very transparent in this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I am definitely prepared to kind of lay everything out in terms of yeah, my, too. my queer, um, coming out story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm so kind of nervous. I'm kind of wondering like what's going to come out out of this, you mm-hmm. know?
1: Cause in, uh, I mean, no matter how much we could pre-talk about this or plan it, I feel like, like you said earlier, it could be triggering, mm-hmm. but I'm totally willing, I'm mm-hmm. totally 100% in it to just disclose all my feels mm-hmm. about it, mm-hmm. especially since it's Pride Month, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, I guess let's start with when did you come out? Oh my God. Is it me first? Yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: Um, when did I come out? All right, y'all, I'm acting like I don't know. October 23rd, 2006 is the day I, like, legit just pulled the Band-Aid. And, um, I have to say, like, to give context before coming out, um, I was 21. I had just turned 21 at the time, and, um, prior to that, I had no experience, like, with a with another male or like um, or feelings or anything outward it was a, so like for me like whenever I talk about my coming out of story there's a lot of people that say like well how long have you been in the closet and I don't know if this is the way you take it but like being in the closet to me is like knowing that you you are queer or you are however you identify as but you have yet to disclose it to public or to your inner circles but my closeted period was very short um because I don't know like before I even knew I was gay like I had never said I there's always been like speculation growing up and like I've always wondered if I was different but I never said the words I am Mm -hmm. I am gay and earlier that year in 2006 oh my god like it's bringing me back to it like earlier in that year like like my family was dealing with other stuff um, and to be fully transparent my sister is, like has all like has been hospitalized numerous times um, in and out of like um, mental institutions and i was at the at that point Kind of the the person that doctors spoke to, mm-hmm. and three months before I actually came out was my. I talked to a doctor, and the doctor had said, um, "Oh, your sister's going to be really agitated because she's on a, like a lot of meds. So just be patient with her. Just know that it's it, it's the medication." Mm-hmm. And and like I'm like totally fine, and like I love my sister. So when she she was coming home, I was ready to embrace her and like be prepared to, like, love and, like, do whatever I need to to get her back acclimated at home. And mind you, like, she's been through... We've been through this process many times. Um, but my grandmother, my Lola, my um, my mom was there at the time. And when she came home, she had said, get the fuck away from me, you faggot. Oh, wow! And, like, right then and there in the garage, I remember that moment and... People have whispered to me or I've heard whispers on the side of me being questionably gay, Mm -hmm. but never has anybody like outwardly until that moment blatantly said you are gay get the fuck away from, or like in that term mm-hmm. where it was directed at me and I couldn't hide away from it yeah. so in that moment in front of my mom and my Lola mm-hmm. like I knew my reaction was very key like how do I play and so like I went to my go to oh Ate you don't mean that I love you like uh, and then she just kept on going like you're fucking gay we all fucking know it mm. and um, you want to turn my kids gay and all this stuff and, again, it was the medication, and so I was able to still put myself in that mind and, like, take myself back and say, no, like, you know, Ata, I still love you no matter what. And I just showered her with, like, love, words of love, but mm-hmm. I just remember, like, my mom and my grandma's face, like, their heads turned mm-hmm. immediately that it said. And had I reacted in that moment, I would have given it away.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then, so, what I did was I went to my...
0: Given, re- given what away?
1: Like, or give like at that moment I just felt it over me like mm. that oh maybe I am gay mm. and if, how do I react like because I think like prior to that my whole life was like this moment mm-hmm. being outed or like uh, whatever it was at that at that moment, but again, remember I told you I never said I am gay, mm-hmm. so I never had owned it. I never even thought of myself as gay at the, up until that point. And then, so you know, like I navigated out of that conversation, and I went to my room, and I literally like a gasp, like 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 it was a scene from a movie where like the moment I was alone, I like threw myself on the wall and like started panting for breath, mm-hmm. and then like this calmness resonated and. That question, my whole life, I was questioning, am I gay, am I gay, am I gay? And Mm -hmm. And I reversed it, and I said, I am. Mm -hmm. Like, those those two words, like, I looked in the mirror, and I was like, I'm gay. I literally said it out loud, I'm Mm -hmm. gay. And the first time I said that, I just felt so empowered, and I just knew that it was, Mm -hmm. it was what it was. Mm -hmm. And, like, um... But and like, I was like super jazzed. I was like, oh my God, I'm gay. I get to do it. I get to come out. And do I know what it means? No, I really didn't at the moment, but I just knew I was. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to tell my mom first. I wanted her to be the first person in my life that I ever come out to. <clears throat>
2: um,
1: just because she was just been like such a great influence in my life, positive. Um, and I talked to her the next day. But then I chickened out. Mm. (laughs) I chickened out. I was, like, really nervous. And, like, I was like, oh, I can't do it. And then that was prior to summer. And then um, summer happened. And then I kept on trying to, like, rehearse. And then I started getting in my head, like, oh, no, it has to be this way. It has to be that way. It has to be this way. And so that's what I mean by my closeted experience. It was between that moment, like, that summer and October Mm -hmm. that I knew I was gay, but I knew I wanted to come out. And then what ended up happening was... it was what's it called i got in an accident um where like my my foot like that big scar on my left foot Mm -hmm. that had like 40 stitches like um it ripped open and i was bedridden for six weeks so i had a lot of time to like be (laughs) reflective about this situation Mm -hmm. and then like long story short like or longer story short like um it something happened, and those were the MySpace days. Did you ever have MySpace? I did, yeah. Okay, so you know how, like, oh my god, did you, like, you have that profile, and Mm -hmm. then you could, like, go into, like, your bio or whatever, and Mm -hmm. then some people, like, put all these these trick links, like, they play games on you, and, like, they make you answer all these questions or whatever. I don't know, it was just one of those, like, stupid little games, like, I went into my friend's profile, and I clicked it while I was bedridden in this accident, and then... All these things, like I forgot what the, the the motive was for it, but I was like, "Oh, this seems cool. I'll do it." And one of the questions was pretty, like, "Have you ever thought sexually about the same sex?" Mm-hmm. And I clicked yes,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then um, and then like at the end when you push submit, it said, "Haha, just kidding. All your answers just got submitted to the person who posted this." Like my, because I put yes, yeah. I dro- my heart dropped mm-hmm. especially being in this moment of like reflection and, and whatever mm-hmm. um, I was like oh my god like everybody's gonna know now like everybody's yeah. gonna fucking know like what do I do like ah uh, I'm like I was super super scared and in my feels about it and like um only to come back, like, find out, like, a month later when I finally did come out. Um, and then I brought it up to all my friends, like, oh, my God, like, that thing that I did on MySpace, did you ever get that? He's like, no, I never even look at that. Mm-hmm. So it was not even, it was a non-issue. Mm-hmm. But, like, that was the lead-up to me actually coming out. And the mm-hmm. way I came out, again, like, was with my sister. Mm-hmm. Um, and so October 23rd, 2006 happens. And my sister backs out of the driveway, and she hits my car. Mm. And um, she's like, oops, I hit it. And then she, like, proceeds to go to, like, her party or whatever. And I'm, like, sitting there tripping, like, oh, my God, Mom, you're not going to say anything? Like, what? Like, what? I was, like, really, like, agitated unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. And I am just, like, a dent on the door or whatever. And then my mom, like, so sweetly... Approaches me and she's like, "Why are you so angry?" Mm. And like, mind you, like me and my mom had a very, very close relationship growing up. But in between this time, I had to avoid her mm. because she just could read me. Yeah, you know, yeah. because like I couldn't do it. Yeah. I couldn't like so, like even while she was taking care of me, like in the bed while I was in my accident or something, I was just avoiding all like contact with her, all conversations with her because I knew what would happen. and, yeah. and then um, she called me out. She said, "There's been something up with you." You should, you're not normally like this this wouldn't make you angry I don't see you ever angry Why mm-hmm. are right? you mad and like I just started bawling mm-hmm. like oh my god like I'm like reliving this moment right now I remember like looking straight at her and said mom I have something to tell you like and I told her I said like no I'm gay and like her reception was like so beautiful to me like and I was very privileged and lucky to have a mom, like, mm-hmm. just understand, you know, and, like, even call me out like that, mm-hmm. like, know that there's some there's been something off, and so we sat and talked about it, Our like, the kitchen table was where we usually did our big conversations, we would sit there for hours, and, like, we just had one, and then we hadn't had one for such a long time, mm-hmm. and, you know, I think... I can't speak for others, but, like, my mom hadn't had a lot of experience with, um, with the queer community and so again it was like new to her mm-hmm. so she was asking like questions like uh, do you think it's a phase or do you think maybe um, you're bisexual but like in that moment because I had been so empowered when I said I am gay I said no no <laughs> I like laughed her like not no I'm gonna marry a man I'm gonna have a child with a man um, I am not gay or I'm not bi I, I like men mm-hmm. only men and that's what it was and she's like okay okay I'm just wondering <laughs> mm-hmm. like so um, and then she had but also, her like standard concerns on like others and stuff like that, and like how other people would treat me. Um, but also advocated and said that no matter what, she would be there for me mm-hmm. and. And then, yeah, so, like, and then, like, literally that same night, I was, like, okay, I'm going to go to my friend's house and tell everybody. She's, like, what? Why? Why would you do that? Like, I'm, like, because, Mom, like, I told you. And, like, you're the only person I care about knowing. Now I (laughs) can tell the world. (laughs) You're, like, just busting the door open. No, that's exactly (laughs) what I did. Like, Mm -hmm. I did not do it slowly. Mm -hmm. I ripped the bandage off. And I just bursted through it, like, mm-hmm. with all the colors on me, mm-hmm. like, ready to go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, and at that time, I had no gay friends, no queer friends, mm-hmm. and nobody to understand. And they were all pretty receptive to it, like, none, like okay with it in their own way. And mm-hmm. we'll talk about more, like, how that transforms, but, like, that's my coming-out
0: story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. Well, that's, I mean... Again, like everyone has their own personal journey, and mm-hmm. everyone's journey is, even though it's, there are some like traumatizing experiences mm-hmm. or like moments. Like I feel like that moment with your sister,
2: yeah.
0: like kind of outing you,
1: mm-hmm.
0: was like, in that way, like using that derogatory term. Yeah. Like, did you even take it that way when, when she called you a faggot? No, you were just so like, own, like,
1: like it washed over me. And the first thing that I thought of was, like, oh, my God, everybody knows. Mm. And nobody told me. Mm-hmm. Like, like it triggered me to think, like, they've been talking about me. Mm-hmm. This Because of the way she phrased it. You know, like, everybody knows. And I'm like, what do you mean everybody knows? That mm. means y'all have been having conversations on the side. Yeah. And like keeping me protected from it. And so, but because I love my sister so much, it wasn't like this, I hated her for that. I loved her 10 times more. And I love her even more for doing that. Like, and I'm wonder. I love that she was the one that did it. Because she's so pivotal in my life, and um, I am not mad at her about it. Because mm. you can't blame the situation. Like I had talked to, the, like conveniently talked to the doctor, and he told me it was what it was, and it was like the the brash truth just like being spoken mm-hmm. by someone you like adore.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I can't. I, I had nothing. I, I couldn't take it. Like as a stranger calling me that. Or like somebody at school calling me that. Luckily like I didn't have that growing up, um, as a child. hmm um, because if it was one of that, like maybe that would have been even worse for me. Mm-hmm. But because I knew this person loved me, that it came from a of a place of love.
0: Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. But yeah. That's mine. Yeah. I mean how I mean, about you?
0: <clears throat> I mean, before I like even get to mine, I have like some like yeah, questions yeah, like no, totally. how did it in that moment, when you were coming out to your mom, because she sensed something mm-hmm. um, different about you, like you were handling things differently, and she could tell that you were like going through something, mm-hmm. how did it? Like you said that you just ended up like coming into tears mm-hmm. when she when she said that. Yeah, she kind of like pulled the plug a little bit. Yeah. Um, just and like let, my sister did. Yeah, and let everything like come out or drain out, mm-hmm. or so to speak, but how did that moment feel? So I think like the actual, like coming out moment saying to your mom, this person that, that you were, that you're the only person you were worried about coming mm up to your mom. How did that feel for you? So it's very similar to like the
1: rush of having a crush, crush back on you and Mm -hmm. you get that head to toe feeling. Mm -hmm. And my mom in that moment validated me. Mm -hmm. In all the ways that a mother mm-hmm. could, mm-hmm. and it like because I was so weak and tender in that moment, like I didn't, I could, she could have said something, and I could have broken right there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like that's how like soft I was, mm-hmm. and or brittle actually. And when she approached it the way she did, I just. It just came out. Like, I was crying. And, like, and my mom is not this, like, touchy-feely person. Mm-hmm. She has a way with words that, like, 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 is calming and knows how to put me in place. So, like, even before, like, when we were in the driveway when my sister had hit and left, I was, like, sitting there like, Mom, what the heck? Like, you're not even mad at her? And she just looked at me so calmly, like, Jr why are you so mad? Mm -hmm. You're never like this. And that moment I just knew it was coming. And Mm -hmm. I was just like, because she knows me so much. And here I was trying to like be distant from her for this, like two or three months that I was like bedridden or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I think she was also mentally preparing for this too. Mm -hmm. Somehow she knew she like, this was coming along. Mm -hmm. And I mean, actually now I actually could tell you post, because I asked my mom like had you like in that same conversation, like, had you and Dad already talked about it? Mm-hmm. And they had. And um so my my dad and I don't have a really good relationship if at all now. But um oh I need to talk about that because
2: <laughs>
1: <like>
0: <laughs> Wait, but, um before transitioning to your um before transitioning into your um mm-hmm. story about your dad and the issues that come along with that mm-hmm. relationship. Um, was did you did you know that like your the way you were coming off um, in that moment or in those in that um, point in your life when you were being really reflective? did you know that like did you associate the reflectiveness or like the did you associate that shell that you were putting on or the reclusiveness? Did you associate that with your, like, reflectiveness about your your identity and your queerness? Because, I mean, your mom sensed that there was something going on. Mm-hmm. But did you know that there was something going on? Like, I mean... Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, like, you... you...
1: So in between the time that my sister called me out and me being, like, in
0: right like cuz your mom saw like an attitude like shift, yeah. shift. Yeah. did you did you notice that attitude shift within yourself and like why do you think that was like why do you think your attitude had shifted
1: well i think it shifted because because the way that it was presented like that moment with my sister mm-hmm. it was public it happened and so my mom and i didn't talk about that like she didn't bring my mom didn't bring it up and say how you feel about it it was just kind of like let JR do, do him, mm-hmm. and I think like that it was a signal for my mom to like know that this has been something i've been and in, and she gave me the space, so in that moment, I didn't know what I was reflecting on mm-hmm. I, but I definitely knew I was in a different headspace, mm-hmm. and I knew that like I had been avoiding my mom because then remember the next day, I wanted to tell my mom i'm gay and it really did I had not yeah. even. I had initiated a conversation with her and then had like, mom, I need to tell you something. And then I think I made a some stupid excuse. Like, Oh, it was just that I, uh, you know, like can't go to work anymore or something, some stupid thing like that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I did know that that reclusiveness was a means for mentally preparing myself. And I, that goes to my logistic self. Like if I'm going to do this, like, mm, how do I put everything in order so that it's done right or whatever, whatever. But then, like, the universe was speaking to me and, again, like, brought my sister back into play and kind of, like, ripped the Band-Aid. It's just, like, you know, people know Mm -hmm. at this point. And then my mom, being who she was, called it out. Mm -hmm. So... So, yeah, I think I did know I was in that reclusiveness or that that state of mind that was being different. And it was definitely intentional Mm -hmm. on my part. It was just a matter of when. Because also the pressure was on as well. Actually, let me go back. This was before I was moving to the Bay Area here. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had already known I was going to be moving here because I was transferring um, to Berkeley. Um, And I told myself there's no way I could leave my family and move out without giving them the whole truth, especially my mom. Mm -hmm. Like I couldn't, I knew myself in that moment, in that summer, that I needed to make it a goal because I was leaving in January no matter what. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So like it just ended up down to like the 11th hour (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) of like, let's tell them before, because I don't think I could have done it after, Mm -hmm. like if I had left. So,
0: it would have been. It would have been a much harder experience.
1: Yeah, I would have actually. I would. I would have. I would think or predict of myself that I would have taken more, many more years, right, for me to revisit that. Yeah. Because then, because remind you like. I was, like, a baby, a gay bee. I used to call myself a gay bee. Like, I had no, like, queer experiences, no, like, actual crushes on, the, uh, crushes on other queer people. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what that was. And so, like, and the moment I came to the Bay, it was just so open. It was so, like, welcoming and open to that. Like, had I experienced that by myself without anybody home, like, I would be living two separate lives. Yeah, yeah,
0: you know? yeah. You would have you been taking some baggage with you that mm-hmm. that would have held you back. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. agree.
1: Mm-hmm. But,
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: But what about, okay, that's
0: mine. What yeah. about you, girl? Um, I don't remember like the specific date that I like actually like came out. And my coming out process has been a process. Uh-huh. Like it wasn't just kind of a one moment type of thing. It was many moments that has led up to my openness now. Yeah. So it wasn't, like, a busting of the door kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It was, like, a slow creaking <laughs> of turning the doorknob <laughs> and then peeking out and then, like, kind of, like, feeling the waters. Yeah. And then, like, just, like, really slowly, like, coming out. Yeah. Um, but the I do remember the moment that I um, was okay with myself being oh. queer.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, and it was with the help of community. Uh-huh. Um, I um, I used to organize with um, with an organization that was um, tackling the fossil fuel industry yeah. or like challenging the fossil fuel industry. And I found a real sense of community in that. Actually, I I found a sense of community in that space because I was looking for a community. Yeah. Right. Um, Prior to like joining the organization or like doing any organizing work, I was like struggling with like thoughts of like with my identity mm. by like by myself, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't necessarily know or like was able to pinpoint what it was. Yeah, I just knew that there was something like off or something different. I, I wasn't feeling mm-hmm. like the kind of optimistic person that I that I felt. I should be or I was mm-hmm. and so I joined this organization um because I mean for to find community but also because I did care about like their, yeah. their cause right um so through through that work um I was able to like meet a lot of people and a lot of the organizers were queer themselves and mm-hmm. very very open and out and comfortable and actually like like powerful yeah and i gravitated a lot to like towards those people Mm -hmm. um and i remembered um there would there would be a lot of um retreats
2: Mm
0: -hmm. um with this organization and i remember attending my first retreat and like the like these retreats would be like um like times to like really reflect on our work and reflect on our role as individuals in the work and what we can contribute. Um and just like how we can make the work better um and meet our goals. Yeah. Um, and there were a lot of like activities um that were challenging on a personal level. And I remember an activity that um, wasn't queer specific, or was it? Wasn't queer specific okay. at all? No, yeah, it was. It was very much open to like everyone. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I remember an activity that we did um, where we got a piece of paper with like a picture of an iceberg on it, mm-hmm. and. Um, the iceberg, I mean, icebergs are, like, 90% right. at the bottom of... Yeah, like, the, hidden. Like, hidden at the yeah. bottom of the water. Um, and, like, only 10% of the iceberg you can yeah. see, like, actually on the surface of the water. So um, with that image, like, we were supposed to fill out, like, the top of the iceberg is, like, what are we... Like, how do we present ourselves to people? Mm-hmm. And, like, what is, what is actually beneath us? And, like, yeah. are beneath the water that people can't see. And, mm-hmm. like, the the top part represented like how you present yourself the middle of the of the iceberg was kind of your your fears Mm. that's keeping you from like revealing what's truly like under Mm. and which is the bottom Mm. of the iceberg um and like filling that out like i was like it was a lot to process yeah. because I was trying to be as truthful to myself as I could be Yeah. because I did want to do like, I did want to be really present intentional, in the yeah. present and intentional in the work that that we were doing and so I was like okay i really have to like stop like hindering myself from sharing parts of myself mm-hmm. because that's what the point of the activity is is like yeah. to find the to find those parts and put them to the surface mm-hmm. and present like your true authentic self so we filled those out personally and then we were broken up into groups of three mm-hmm. um where each person um, represented a part of the iceberg, so the iceberg was broken down into three parts: right, mm-hmm. the top, the middle, and the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so one person would be chosen to kind of pick, or would be chosen to be the top of the iceberg, okay. right? So, like, for for my in my case, like, um, I would be share. I'm sharing my iceberg. Yeah. Um, I would pick a person to be the top of the iceberg, mm-hmm. who represents the outer, the outside. Oh. And then I would pick somebody to represent the middle part, which is like our fears and our doubts. Mm-hmm. And then I myself would represent oh. the, the bottom of the iceberg. Okay. And the goal of the activity was to have the person who represents your doubts and your fears, like really hammer you and try to suppress oh, wow. the bottom oh of the iceberg God. and then top of the iceberg is kind of like the more encouraging kind of like kind of like the image of like a a devil and an angel on your shoulders right somebody was like the the devil somebody was the angel Mm -hmm. and you yourself were supposed to like come come out of the come out of the debate like knowing more about yourself yourself. yeah wow and so um long story short like we were like we were going at it about like my the person who represented represented my doubts and stuff Mm -hmm. was like really really like pushing my buttons Mm -hmm. and like I remember like it was a breakthrough moment for me like I remember um just like breaking like breaking down and like fighting fighting this like demon Mm -hmm. who was represented by this person and like really struggling to like to defend myself and it felt it felt for me it felt like really sad and like heavy to like not be able to defend myself because I wasn't comfortable with like who I truly was and I remember breaking down and like kind of like not even trying to defend myself anymore. I was like, I'm just going to be like as vulnerable as possible because there's nothing else I can do. I can't defend myself, yeah. right, against this person because my fears are really, really strong. Um, and so I'm just going to like face my fears by revealing what I feared the most. Yeah. And what I feared the most was like actually saying to myself, "I am queer," mm-hmm. because if I if I utter those words, I can't go back.
1: Yeah.
0: It's yeah. It's In that moment, it was like, okay, I'm if I do if I do this right now, like these two people are going to know.
1: Yeah.
0: And that's like for me at that moment, that was like that's enough. That's enough for me to be, to say like, wow, I can't like I can't retract. I can't go back. Mhm. And it was really scary. It was really, really scary. But I had the other partner, who was the angel in this scenario, um, was a queer woman, and I really, really, really like adored her and like still like look up to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, like, I, I felt she, like, she knew in that moment, like, what was happening, mm-hmm. and like, I, I remember. Um, Like, being just, like, embraced by another queer person in that moment, like, I think just, like, softened everything. Like, like, looking back at it now, like, if this was in an, if this was another person, like, I don't know if I could have, like, done it. Like, in that moment, like, I was thankful that it was another queer person who was, like, hearing this from me because they were really, like, really, really... Like, they could empathize with what was going on. Yeah. And I... I felt so, so, so relieved when I said it. Like, I remember taking a deep-ass breath yeah. before I said it. I was like... I am queer. Mm. And I couldn't take it back.
2: Yeah.
0: It was done. Oh and what I what I learned from the advice that I was getting in that moment was that like I had to stop building walls in front of me and I had to start taking the bricks that this wall is made out of Mm -hmm. and start like undoing it like taking the bricks off and instead of creating this wall create like still use those bricks because they protect you but use it to make a wall behind you so you have something to fall back on instead of like because if it if somebody breaks through this wall that you have in front of you like it'll hurt you more yeah because it's going to push back on you yeah. the pieces will fall on you yeah. if somebody comes at you sideways with something at least you know you have a support system behind you to fall back on yeah. instead of having your support system fall on you that is so and so amazing. in that like that moment was like my breakthrough moment like for me like after that activity like the whole group got back together mm-hmm. um, and I wanted to practice like building that wall behind me and tearing down my, Mm. the wall in front of me. And in that moment I was, I remember like, um, with the whole group, like being like, I want to, like, I really, this activity really changed my life. And I want to like, I want to be able to practice what advice I was given. And, um, one way to be like really intentional and present with you all is to be, present with myself and i just want to like i don't want to like make a big like deal out of it but like i'm queer and i'm saying that for me so that i can be present in this space with you all and like i was like showered with Mm. so much love like i remember like i remember like other people too just like kind of reaffirming it and be like i'm you know i'm queer too like i think And then, like, another person was, like, you know, like, I don't, like, I don't know, like, how I feel about my identity, but, like, I definitely have, like, different feelings, too. And, like, so, like, everything was happening, like, really fast, but, like, I remember getting from that moment, like, once you're, like, really, really, like, true to yourself and, like, share that, it inspires other people to be that that way, too. And it happened so fast. Like, I didn't have to, like... I didn't have to, like, really wait for the, the love to be, like, received and, like, given back to me. Like, in that moment, like everyone was, like, sharing, like, their story. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, somebody... I remember somebody, like, making light out of the situation because it was getting, like, kind of heavy. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, everyone's gay. It's like... <laughs> it's like that Oprah... Um, that Oprah... Everybody episode. Yeah, everybody gets a car, but, like, this time, it was like, everybody gets a gay. You're gay. You get a gay. Everybody gets a gay. <laughs> and, like, so... It was really good to be surrounded by that community, and it... It was it was the perfect stepping stone f- to be able to like find the power to be able to come out to like my friends and my family yeah yeah um, and so that same year um, in the fall I believe that was like 20 it was this was this was around 2014.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I decided to come out to my cousin on my on my birthday mm-hmm. um, and I was really like meticulous too about like yeah. my coming out at that point like um, like creating scenarios in my head um, and the first person I came out to like um, outside of that space that I was talking about was um, my cousin mm-hmm. who had actually come out to the, us and the family before
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, but I wasn't I wasn't really cognizant at the time because I like I was kind of pushing back on that because part of your well, yeah mm-hmm. because it was part because I identified with it but yeah. I didn't want to identify with yeah. it yeah. so I didn't really like acknowledge it at that moment it's <laughs> something it's something I really regret because you know yeah. Like, understanding the moment that I had with the people that um, I came out to, like, that could have been a moment for mm-hmm. for us to share as well. But, you know, again, we all have our own journeys. Right. And, um, it's all personal to everyone. But
1: yeah. when you say that, like, um, about your cousin and, like... I think to relate like that was like when my grandma and my mom looked at me in front of my reaction Mm -hmm. and I had to like kind of put on a face and pretend it's not impacting me like, okay, whatever. So it sounds like you, but those were like, that was my wall as well too. Mm -hmm. And like, I think that uh, a lot of people can relate to that because that iceberg thing, like I can't get over it because like I never heard this story. This is amazing. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm just imagining like uh, that bottom portion of the iceberg really takes over in moments like that when mm-hmm. it starts to pick at your fears mm-hmm. and like you end up in this like closed capsule of yourself and the person that you're projecting outside becomes like n- non are not sympathetic or not like able to be fully present because you... You want to hide your own so badly, mm-hmm. and like unknowingly too, or unconsciously. Mm-hmm. And like now that it like post, I don't know if you if you feel about it. Like post coming out now, like do you look back and see like how much you suppressed that ego or how large it was?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. <clears throat> The conversations that happen after you come out
1: mm-hmm.
0: from people, like, people like people have, a, like, a lot of questions. Yeah. And I was, like, open enough to, like, answer it because I wanted people to get where yeah. I'm coming from and really, really understand me and what I was, like, coming out as. Yeah. Because I d- I, I don't identify as, like, gay or bi. I get, identify as queer. Mm-hmm. Um, and even at some points um, identifying as genderqueer.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and, like, really, like, trying to understand... My, my queerness. Mm. Um, so I didn't want people to misconstrue like my coming out as like oh he's coming out as gay and like and like that be it and like still associating like some of the um, connotations yeah. or like ideas that come with yeah. um, um, the label gay mm-hmm. or bisexual
2: interesting
0: yeah like the questions that people kind of come at you with like after you come out are like yeah. when like when did you know those yeah. types of things and it. Forced me to kind of really reflect on like when did I really know? You know, because like there wasn't a point in my life where I was like, oh, I'm, I'm gay. Yeah. Like there, I like I never like, I never wasn't really aware of it. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I was aware of attractions that I was feeling, yeah. but then automatically going to suppressing it. Yeah, because I was scared of it.
2: Yeah,
0: or like I didn't know what to do with it. Right. Looking back on it, like I do. I do remember, like, moments where I kind of exhibited maybe, like, expressing yeah. some things that could be construed as expressing, like, attractions for, like, the same sex. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the, it started, like, as early as, like, I don't know, like, as, like, seven years old. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. um, right, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Way early, three like, years old. <laughs> and even at that age, it was more of, like... Like, oh, I find this I find this other boy attractive yeah. or like I find oh. this man attractive yeah. because I wanna like be like them, mm-hmm. you know. Like they have features that I that I wanna like mm-hmm. be or like they are they have a personality that I really like that I want to, like, be when I grow up type yeah. of thing. It wasn't, like, I wasn't aware that it was, like, oh, my God, like, this person is cute, you yeah. know? Like, <laughs> um, maybe I want to kiss them or something, you know? <laughs> it, was, it was never like that. Like, I... Yeah. My, the crushes that I had in, like, elementary school and things like that yeah. were, like, the ones that I acknowledge at least, were all girls. Yeah, I mean, mean- um, And that's the only... Those are the only attractions that I, like acted on or like pursued mm-hmm. you know what I mean or expressed um and I remember like in elementary school like even like maybe like second or third grade like being called kissy boy because I would like <laughs> cause I would like chase around like my girl classmates yeah. and like like teasingly like chase them yeah. and like with, a, with like a kissy face or like a pouty face right and um yeah I just remember that moment but like I would still, like, I would still, like, look at other, like, boys in my yeah. class or, like, in, at recess who I'm playing with and be, like, wow, this person, like, mm-hmm. is really attractive. Maybe, like, I want to be, I want to be like them. It was yeah. never, like, this person is attractive. Like, let me go kiss them, too, type of thing, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but that comes with, like, societal, like,
1: yeah
0: pressures, right? And the structures around them and the yeah. way they're. Yeah.
1: How everything's so gendered when we're growing up, based on color and everything—that that is mm-hmm. so problematic. Mm-hmm. But like you bringing that up, like I was the same way. I actually like I had—I don't know if this is the same experience though, um, because even though I had girlfriends, mm-hmm. like when I look back and think about my girlfriends, mm-hmm. um, I had feelings for them, but not sexual attraction mm. to them. Mm. And uh, inwardly, in my heart, or, like, I guess my iceberg would be telling me, like, it's hiding what's what I'm really attracted to. Mm-hmm. So my tip is... <laughs> uh, yeah the tip of your iceberg the tip of my iceberg What's being portrayed outside is that like yeah I have girlfriends or that um, I'm attracted to women because I had girlfriends but never did I go beyond kissing mm-hmm. because and one I didn't want to disrespect the girl and disrespect myself at the same time and so I found other excuses of like why I had to break up with them so quickly or whatever <laughs> whatever whatever you know mm-hmm. and so but like looking back like I do have a, a lot of like female energy or effeminate energy and um, whatever that means, um, but I did associate with how society paints what femininity is. Mm-hmm. And that did become problematic because for me growing up, like I found myself not doing things that I naturally wanted to do mm-hmm. to hide myself. Mm-hmm. And I look back and I think that sucks. Mm-hmm. That really sucks. I really, really wanted to, like, win that hula hoop competition, but I can't, you know? <laughs> like, I know, and that's real. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it, there was a hula hoop competition, but I felt when I was in fourth grade, like, everybody would laugh at me, and mm-hmm. I didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. And I want to go back and hula hoop the shit out of that <laughs> competition.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <you know? laughs> oh God. Yeah. yeah. I, th- that reminds me of, like, even, like, little like things that I did as a kid to like be portray myself as more like boyish mm-hmm. or like masculine or whatever oh, yeah. like I remember like being really really into tetherball <gasps> Yeah, that was like my, oh my shit God. in elementary school yes. Like I didn't want to play basketball I don't want to play football I want to like I want to hit this shit out of this yes. ball And make it wrap around this pole And yes. beat your ass in it Like yes. I don't know There was something really really fierce to me about it <laughs> Super fierce Yeah. Um, and I remember like Having to stop playing tetherball because I noticed mm-hmm. like as I was growing up like it was mostly girls playing tetherball yeah, yeah. like the the, boi- the rest of the boys are like playing basketball mm-hmm. or four square or something like that yeah, yeah, yeah. and like I remember gravitating to four square afterwards because like I was not going to play basketball <laughs> I was not going to play football <laughs> like I, I just felt like I was like really bad at it but also like I didn't identify with the people who were playing these, mm-hmm. these games um, but yeah like there were there were a lot of things that i suppressed too like growing up yeah um but how do you feel about it now
1: like looking back at it like i know you said like there was never this moment like where i was just i i knew i was queer mm -hmm. but like i mean because like the way i think it in my mind like I came out, then I look back at my past in a different, like, lens, almost, Mm -hmm. like, with different glasses. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you feel about your upbringing and your growing up experience Mm -hmm. with it?
0: Um, For me, it's, like, really muddled. Mm. Like, I can't really distinguish, like, times of, like, I don't know, like, queer expression Mm -hmm. and and others. Because I was, like, so... I was so into, like, forcing myself to, like, act a certain way yeah. in front of, like, certain people yeah. that I believed it. Yeah. Oh. I was, nev- I was never really cognizant of, like, oh, I should stop doing this because yeah. it's going to, like, it's going to come out as gay to, like, some people mm-hmm. and I'm going to get bullied for it. Mm-hmm. Um, there were moments like that, especially, like, with my dad, like, yeah. calling out, like, gestures that I would do that would, like, seem, mm-hmm. like, too feminine for him. Um, there were moments that triggered, like... Um, a, an adjustment of expression for me, yeah, but there were't like I wasn't really aware of it then, so that's what I'm talking about,
1: like so like in processing it now, mm-hmm. like when you think about it, like are you are you mad at your dad for calling you out like that? when you think back at that back at that mm-hmm. experience? yeah,
0: I mean, like knowing what I know now, yeah and, yeah and like understanding that like children should never be pressured to like yeah. subdue or like hide. Yeah. Like they're what they what they want to express, um, especially if it's not hurting anybody, yeah like i am I am a little bit salty, yeah. like with my dad, like the, I remember this moment like very specifically, like he was teaching me how to ride my bike mm-hmm. that he got for me. I was maybe like seven or eight years old or something and we were at the park across from where we live and i got super tired and was like okay let's just stop here really quick let me get like a drink of water or something and i remember like putting the what's it called the stop for the bike down and like leaning my bike to like stop against like some like concrete wall or something and like being like super tired and like putting like i had my like my wrist like limp yeah like down right and like to me like it came out naturally right like because you know i didn't want to i don't know it just yeah it it just happened and my dad like caught it really quickly and was like why like why are you doing that i was like doing what yeah like and he was like put your hand down Mm -hmm. right i was like what do you what do you mean and like Mm -hmm. he was like um what's it called are you baklat which, like, if for mm, folks yeah. who don't know, like, bakla is uh, the term for gay in Tagalog. Yeah. Um, and he asked me, he was like, are you bakla? I was like, no. And he was like, then put your hand down. That's what, like, gay people do, right? And so, at that moment, like, I put my hand down because I didn't want my dad to, like, call me gay. Yeah.
1: Because
0: it hurt at that moment. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit, like, maybe I do need to, like, maybe I need to watch what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. And so... That moment, like, oh, fuck, I guess I do. Like, okay, that moment, like, looking back at it now, definitely, like, set, like, the rest of my, Mm -hmm. like, childhood life. Yeah. In terms of, like, how I expressed myself. Because I was, I became really, like, I guess I really was aware when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Because, damn, like, okay, so I'm being, like, reminded of, like, times where, like, I... Even like suppress my speech so that I don't sound feminine, yeah. or like talk feminine. Because like I would like listen to like old like home like videos that yeah. we would take like back then, and like watch them and be like, "Why well, sound like a girl?"
1: Yeah,
0: right. And like, what can I do to not sound like a girl? Mm-hmm. Maybe I should like stop holding my s's so long, or mm. I don't know, like curl my r's yeah in a certain way or something like that. Like, yeah i i guess i was aware of like different things but that's something to
1: talk about though too i mean like right now like as you're processing this or even realizing that like i'm thinking back on my own Mm -hmm. like narrative Mm -hmm. and holy crap it's like this is a hard conversation to have because it's opening up i don't know if you're feeling this way because i'm like opening up things that i've already locked Mm-hmm. and Same. like never revisited Same. and you just saying like you're, you're con- how you were conscientious of your speech that was a thing for me mm-hmm. when I was a little boy mm-hmm. because and like you had said like how your dad asked you if you were gay like or bakla like yeah like I was definitely asked that question as a kid mm-hmm. and like even though in my previous story like earlier when I was saying it was coming out like It still goes without saying nobody had said you're outwardly, like, had blamed me. They asked me if I was. Mm -hmm. There's a difference, right?
0: Questioning you and blatantly blatantly. typecasting you. Right. Yeah.
1: And so up until that point of my sister, I was always asked. And I was always given the option of saying no. And Mm -hmm. I always had said no. Mm -hmm. Because... um, to me and the way the society made it feel like it was wrong Mm -hmm. and I do remember that my my bicycle moment um from your point of view was a Barbie moment Mm -hmm. and it was I think I was only four years old I wasn't even in school yet Mm -hmm. not even in kindergarten and I had a lot of kids girl cousins and they would bring out their toys and like my brother had his GI Joe's or whatever and I'm like we you know how like kids just like lay out all the toys yeah um and I saw this Barbie with blonde hair and I thought it was so cute and I just wanted to brush her hair. Mm-hmm. And um, that's the moment when my dad looked at it and like all the uncles or titas were there and um, my dad said it blatantly in front of everybody, like, are you bakla?" Mm-hmm. Or um, bakla, ka mm-hmm. question mark, like the way his tone was. And I'm like, no. And then since till this day, like I was teased as called Barbie Mm. or or like, like as a kid, my cousins would call me Barb because of that moment. Mm. And, um, I don't know if they were blaming me that I was gay or just because,
0: or just like as an inside joke type of thing. Because of
1: what happened
0: happened in that moment. In that
1: moment. And so, and then since then, like, I mean, And then I would hear whispers because, like, we would have handa'ans at our house and, Mm. like, you know, they're speaking Tagalog, but I understand Tagalog fluently and, Mm -hmm. like, there would be questions about it and it just made me feel so wrong and, like, it hurt a Mm. lot and then it wasn't until, like, junior high when I started becoming really conscious and, like, kind of, like, depressed about it Mm -hmm. and trying to change my speech because I, you know, you're going through puberty, (laughs) like. A high-pitched voice I already have a high-pitched voice mm-hmm. so like I was like super conscious about that and even I think it's even rolled into my adulthood or, or it did at one point mm-hmm. I mean but for us to be doing this podcast is so empowering because like now that we listen to ourselves I'm like eh, I don't care yeah <laughs> you <know>? yeah yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I don't cringe at all anymore when I then, when to hear myself talk but I'm did like, you used to as a kid, right I did, yeah, me too, me yeah, too. like oh my God. just like going back to like the home video thing, like mm-hmm. I remember cringing so hard at my yeah, own voice, like, um but now, like when I hear my voice, I'm like, yeah, it's yeah, you. it's me. that yeah. sounds like me, yeah, like there's no there's no more like disconnect between the voice that I hear in my head and the voice that i mm. that I think people hear, yeah, yeah. Because I used to be like really, really conscious about that. Like, because is that how people like hear like hear me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, because that's that's not what I hear. Yeah. And like. Yeah. <laughs> I would. I would be. I would be like really, really like like stuck on that thought that like mm-hmm. people are not like hearing me the way I hear myself, yeah. and it really bothered me mm-hmm. because I was trying to like you know present myself in a certain way, yeah. and like hearing it not come off as the way like i want to present myself like it's like really really disturbing like at that age um but just like going into like the pressures of society like heteronormative society like it's one thing for it to come like come from like outside
2: yeah like
0: from strangers Mm -hmm. but like a lot of our experiences of like this heteronormative like Attitude or pressure comes a lot from like our families, like mm-hmm. reinforcing it. Both our both our dads kind of like perpetuated perpetuated that. it by calling by calling us out or like questioning us when we would when we did something that they deemed as feminine. Mm-hmm. And um, but it also came from for me at least. It also came from a lot of my titas. Mm-hmm. Um Even though like I I highly and like really respectfully like identify more with my titas than yeah. I do with like my uncles
2: mm-hmm.
0: um like it's just easier to like talk to them for me
2: yeah
0: um and I feel like really comfortable with them but like growing up um and I don't think they're like really aware of it like how they're how they like reinforce these these yeah. heteronormative attitudes mm-hmm. like That's I remember Um, my cousin who I was talking about that I came out to, um, he and I would be like, like compared a lot when we were growing up, um, because we were both the The same age, not the same, like we're around the same age, but like, we were both like the oldest boys. Oh, I got you. So like, we were the first two boys in the, in the family or like in, yeah, in the family. And like, we would be compared a lot, like from like Family parties, I remember like going to family parties and like not having seen like my cousin for a mm-hmm. while i mean like we we saw each other frequently, but like in at family parties specifically like like my titas being like oh like um stand up back to back to each other let's see who's let's you see who's taller, taller. <laughs> that type of stuff, right yeah. and then like I mean that yeah. that just like looking back at it at it now that like made me feel really self conscious about myself and like oh I'm not growing I'm not growing fast enough yeah. that means I'm not I'm not I'm not enough of a boy or like yeah. I'm not I'm not gonna grow into like a strong man because I'm not growing fastest as as my cousin yeah. and like oh my god like I remember like because I I am shorter mm-hmm. um, than my cousin and I remember like him like. Kind of like surpassing me in height, um, and being and like having to like really look like reflect on it and be like, "There's no like, there's no like beating him quote unquote now, yeah. right? Like <laughs> it's, it's just dead. my it's just my genetics. No matter how much milk I drink, <laughs> I'm never gonna be as tall as him or whatever, right? And so like, so I remember I remember that moment of like being like okay, like, I just have to let this one go, right? Because there's, there's nothing I can do, right? But, like, there would also be, like, other, like, moments, like, of comparison. Like, I remember something about, like, I remember, like, we were sitting out with my grandma and all my titas. They were watching, like, TV or something. And, like, it was a, it was a really, really hot, like, summer day. Yeah. And, like, all the windows were open. We were all sitting around in a circle on the couch or whatever. And, like... Some some of the titas would be like um like picking white hairs out of like their, their <laughs> sisters um they're like gossip, whatever, like just all the like chisness happening and then um I remember me and my cousin were um sitting ar- around with them, and them like all of a sudden like being curious about like the hairline in the back of our neck mm. and like how the formation of the hairline in the oh, back of the neck and like I don't know, like, how it went, but I remember, like, us having, like, different hairlines yeah. in the, on her neck and, like, one of them being, like, more associated with, like, a feminine hairline and oh, one of them being associated with more, creamy. like, a uh, like masculine hairline. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, and I forget, like, what, like, shape it is, but, like, like it doesn't matter because it's not true. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But, like, in that moment, I was, like they like yeah. you know these people are wiser than me then maybe they do know right, right? Yeah. and like i i don't i don't even remember if it was like in that moment, it was like me or my cousin who had the more feminine hairline. Mm-hmm. But I remember becoming like really aware of it and like going back to the house and like looking at my neck to make sure that like you know yeah they, they were like, <laughs> what they were looking at <laughs> and like, You're like let me see this mirror yeah okay. like, what yeah I remember like they were looking at our necks like we were like si- sitting next to each other and like with our, like heads down yeah. and like showing them the back of our neck <laughs> and they were like oh. <laughs> um what's oh it called mas mas pang yung kai blah 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 right oh, wow. like it his hairline is more like a girl's yeah. than than the other and i'm like and i remember being like what are they looking at like yeah. stop it you know yeah. like it was really like those yeah, types yeah, of comparisons yeah. like between me and cousin were really like traumatizing yeah because like 100%. i mean being really really like like vulnerable right now like I, like, to this day, Mm -hmm. kind of still have those thoughts in my head of, like, competition type of thing.
2: Yeah.
0: And, like, when he came out to us, like, I remember, like, that feeling of competition, like, Mm. like, registering in my head. Yeah. Like, oh, shit, like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like you turned out to be like the more like feminine one because you're you're coming out as um uh mm. then he came out he came out as bi but like look at you coming out blah 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 that mm. the thing but then also like putting up a, like using that as a wall because i didn't want because i didn't want him to like get closer to me and like find out you know what I mean? Like, cause you know, like the whole thing about like gaydar, right? Yeah, like, yeah. gay people can sense other gay people.
2: Yeah.
0: Like, I was like, ooh, let me put this, let me make this wall bigger, mm-hmm. right, so that his his gaydar cannot like penetrate it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, let me protect myself, real, like, real quick. And so I yeah. wasn't in that moment when he came out to me. I was I wasn't able to like hold a conversation, identify with him because, like, those those moments of like comparisons was happening in my head and also like protecting myself yeah and so yeah i don't know what triggered that that thought in my head but like a lot of a lot of pressures come from our family and like i don't i don't blame them right like well i think it's not just a queer issue like they perpetuate other things, too, in, right, like, yeah. in
1: terms of, like, what it means to be successful. You mm-hmm. have to be X, Y, and Z. And, mm-hmm. like, that shit comes standard... And it sucks. Yeah, That shit yeah. is real, yeah. And, like, as it ap- applies to at least this queer conversation, it's even mm-hmm. more so because... Society, like the the norms that are being gendered mm-hmm. um, through colors, through things and mass media, and like what you should like or whatever. Like I loved Sailor Moon growing up, but mm-hmm. I had to hide myself from oh my doing God. that. Like literally, like because I remember it was show at like seven a.m. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so my the way it worked, my parents would take my brother and my sister because they were older to high school and middle school, but my elementary school was like in our neighborhood so I just walked there Mm -hmm. it was like a block away from my house or a couple blocks whatever but um, so when they left to go to work I like ran to the TV and like watched My Little Sailor Moon Mm -hmm. and like to the day they don't know that Mm -hmm. those were like the things that now that I like back in my past of like wow like I really had to like dip in and out and like have these protective mechanisms to the public and then have these private moments with myself of like because it's not okay to watch Sailor Moon as a little boy. Mm -hmm. You should be watching Transformers. Although I watched both. I mean like you know like I wasn't proud to say or I wasn't Empowered enough to say like I wanted to, and I loved Sailor Moon, mm-hmm. which sucks. And there's a lot of moments like that too. it, not just Sailor Moon. <laughs> like, you know
2: what I mean? <laughs>
1: but that sucks. That, that really does suck. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, like for me, like like how you were saying, like reflecting back and thinking, I'm the same way. Like I look back and I'm kind of mad at that. and mm-hmm. am salty. Like. To this day I'm not close with a lot of members of my, uh, my dad's side of the family let alone my dad like not because of queerness but or me being queer or gay but that with my family yes because of the way they treated me mm-hmm. um, growing up. I just never found a closeness with them I felt like if you could do that to a little boy what kind of person does that make you and you I mean and uh, people can come correct and if they would that would be great but like I'm sorry but we li- we lost about 17 years growing up because of mine because yeah. of how I felt and I had to carry all of this thinking that there was something wrong with me mm-hmm. when you were my cousins and you were my uncles and aunts and I should be able to go to you or at least that's what I thought mm-hmm. like you know like but these are people that I was deathly afraid of mm-hmm. whether and and that's sad like yeah. Like, because in so many other ways, they've supported me. Mm -hmm. In so many other ways that they were there for me, like they took care of me or like I was able to go to their house. But like there's something that was so core in me, Mm -hmm. making me feel like there was something wrong. And again, in middle school is when I started to chop away at that and started branching off to myself and finding myself. And even then, like, I had like a lot of years of isolation because I didn't come out until I was 21. Mm -hmm. Or at least I wasn't confident enough knowing that I was a gay man till then mm-hmm. and then I look back and I'm like oh my god mm-hmm. like that was a lot of years of having to digest and process this
2: mm-hmm. yeah and
1: I really wish somebody could have just told me it would have been okay mm-hmm. I really really yeah. really did and I think I told my mom that in my conversation I was like why didn't you tell me mm-hmm. like you and dad talked about it like I, I said like why wouldn't you tell me and like you know there are things like well this is your own time rightfully so it, it was my own time hmm but never did I feel the, the comfort of knowing what my parents' perspective on that was. Because mm-hmm. up until that point, my, my dad, or at least what I saw of my dad, was like homophobic. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and rewind me back to age four. Mm-hmm. And that's why I could remember so pertin- pertin- pertinent that that's how he felt about that. Mm-hmm. It, it came out as a negative way, and that's what stuck in my head these many years
0: up Mm -hmm. until this point Mm -hmm. which is crazy right how things just stick with us yeah I mean that's what that's what really sucks about like these situations Mm -hmm. of like on the one hand like I really don't like I really don't blame like my parents or like my family for like Mm -hmm. for like perpetuating these things because it was it was done to them as well right right? that's why that's why they're perpetuating and they didn't know yeah and they didn't know that's the way like that's the way life is for them or was for them yeah and Like, just going back to, like, the, like, these years of, like, me having to, like, suppress, Mm -hmm. like, a part of me, like, a really, like, the word that you use, like, a really core part of me, Mm -hmm. those years of, like, suppressing myself just, like, made, like, going back to, like, the the wall metaphor, like, a bigger wall that I later had to, like undo undo mm-hmm. and like those are years that i could have been like fully myself right. comfortable with myself mm-hmm. having like a real like dialogue and conversation with people like my dad who i don't really yeah. like connect with like that yeah as of this moment like like looking back at like his comments of like cuz he would like like as a kid one way that like heteronormative standards were like kind of pushed on me mm-hmm. like was like through comments like that my dad made about like other people Mm -hmm. like like as soon as like he would assume that somebody was gay Mm -hmm. on tv like he would like be so quick to call him out and be like he's gay yeah like like for what like why do you have to do that you know but in that moment like in those moments as a kid i was like oh shit like i can't act like that person that he's calling gay that's right my god like what is it what is it about that person that my dad sees that makes him gay and how can i not be that
1: Like, you're learning about your dad through his reactions.
0: Yeah. Not necessarily directed towards you. Right, yeah, yeah. He never, like, outwardly called me, like, you know. Right. Like, a fag or, like, gay or, like, said anything, like, homophobic to me. But, like, the way that he, like... Reacted to things that were like for him, like it just like reinforced in me that like oh like I have to, I really have to like not be that way because then like he'll like disown me or something like that
1: or like the, he'll probably target you mm-hmm. in the same way. Mm-hmm. But you know, okay, to my experience, very similar. Like I would only learn through my dad through his interactions with other people because we mm-hmm. weren't really close growing up. And but I do have to say. He challenged me in a positive way hmm. and thwarted my very perception and even broke me down even further. Be When I came out, I gave, I gave myself a rule. I said, if I know somebody had already told that person, okay, there's no point in like sitting them down and talking to them and telling them I'm gay mm-hmm. um, because they already know. And I'll just normalize it in conversation, just talk like in regular conversation about who I like if that was a conversation, right? Um, But there were definitely people that I wanted to, like, take a moment to do that with in my family and apparently my mom took it upon herself (laughs) to tell my dad before I was able to get to him. Mm -hmm. The next day she had, and there's a lot to this story, but, like, I'll I'll weave it in, but she had taken him out to tell him privately. Mm -hmm. And... I found out that they that they went out to dinner. I did not know that that's what my mom did. Mm-hmm. I did not know. So I was sitting there on my computer, and my dad's like, work schedule was pretty tight, and so was mine, so we barely get to see, see each other at, um, in that time of my life. Um, but I do remember distinctly my dad walking into my room, and I don't know about you, but crossing the threshold in your room while you're in it Mm -hmm. is not a thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, you're in my private space, even though, like, this is your house, technically. Mm -hmm. Like, we never... I would never go in my dad's room when my dad was in his room. Mm -hmm. He would never go in my room unless I was not there. Mm -hmm. But he came in, and I was like, what is happening? Like, my dad and I never talk. Mm -hmm. And he had this big and... Like, he was, like, hella, like, cheesing when he came in. And I was like, why are you smiling? right (laughs) now?" like, you don't... What is going on? (laughs) And... Um, he ripped the band-aid for himself and mm-hmm. for me and he's like you know I had dinner with your mom and like this is all in Tagalog of course but like um, and he stood me up because I was laying down on my bed and he literally like took my shoulders and he stood me up face to face and he said I just want to let you know like your mom told me you're gay and I'm really proud of you and no matter what and in his own way he got he was really nervous because he he's not used to speaking about these things yeah, and that's what I've appreciated it too, because he was still pushing himself in that Mm -hmm. moment Mm -hmm. to be a dad, Mm -hmm. to be the right dad that he needed to be for me in that moment. And he expressed, and we were going through other issues in the moment. So all this was like the lightest stuff of it all. But he purposely took that moment and gave it to me Mm -hmm. and said, I love you no matter what. Mm -hmm. And I want you to just only be happy. And if this is what makes you happy, I will 100% like back you up on it. And I was thrown back mm-hmm. like you would have asked me before that i was getting ready to get socked in the face i mm-hmm. was getting ready to like be disowned and called all this motherfucking shit because the, my dad is not this that a early person mm-hmm. he is he growing up he's really mean yeah. <laughs> and so again in that moment it challenged even me and my core belief system mm-hmm. and back to like I totally agree with you. Like, I don't blame my parents or I don't blame the people that like perpetuated those norms because in reality they were like taught those things as well. And mm-hmm. they were just that that's what they received. Mm-hmm. And so to them it was normal. Mm-hmm. So like when my dad, like uh, this is how I connect the dots. It's like, like when my dad realized his son was gay, mm-hmm. Oh crap. Mm-hmm. I just need to be a dad. Like all that stuff needs to go out the window because yeah. that's going to hurt my son. Yeah. And yeah. Like, I was, like, wow, like, that was a real moment for me. So, like, that's one thing, like, I really, really treasure about, like, this moment. I mean, although I don't talk to my dad for other reasons now. um, In terms of my queerness, he he was very accepting of it in the moment. And, again, I didn't have to do it. He, like, crossed the threshold and directed it towards me.
0: And I fully, fully appreciate that. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's, like... That's one thing that like I am really understanding now. Just like even hearing that story mm-hmm. about you and your dad, like yes, a lot of these like a lot of these um, pressures came from like from like mm-hmm. our direct family members and like um, really like mel- made us self conscious of like who we what, who mm-hmm. who we are, but like it just takes. It just takes somebody challenging that, yeah. for yeah. them to like rethink mm. and like ret- not not retract, but like undo those mm. things. That those things built. that have been built up and taught to them. Because the same with same with my dad, like, um, like this is a person that I was like like. The last person i came up i came out to like Mm -hmm. i considered myself as fully out when i came out to my dad Mm -hmm. he was the person i was like most scared to find out Mm -hmm. that i was queer um and like it took a lot it took three years for me like after having that initial moment of being like i am queer Mm -hmm. with that really like open space of people it took three years for me to come out to my dad because I I wanted to practice, like, building... I wanted to, like, that wall that I was talking about, yeah. like, building that wall behind me, I wanted to, like... I wanted to have that secure and built before I came out to my dad. Yeah. Like, not using, but, like, using those moments that I came out to other people before him yeah. as, like, ways to practice how I would come out to my mm. dad because I was really, really scared mm. about coming out to my dad. Like, okay. um, like I came out to my... It, amongst my parents, I came out to my mom first because I knew it would be easier for me and for her. And I'm really, really appreciative of her reaction. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, I mean, even though I knew it was going to be easier to come out to her, it was still really, really frightening to me. Of course. Yeah, I remember, like, calling her into my room after, like, doing, like, a deep reflection of, like, okay, I'm going to start doing this. Yeah. And if I come out to my mom this could like leak out and this news could like somehow reach my dad because if i tell my mom like she's gonna tell my other aunties Mm -hmm. her titas or whatever right Mm this just it's just just (laughs) unavoidable right it's like part of their relationship whatever but like i was prepared to like i had i had stuff packed in a bag just in case oh yeah just in case like i would i was gonna be alone um and, like, I, I didn't I didn't know where I was going to go, but I knew that I had a car and I had a bag and I had some stuff that I could take with me, Ooh, right? Um, but, you know, it turned out for the better. Like, yeah. my mom definitely, like, was very welcoming and open to what I was saying yeah. and what I was expressing. And I was really, really thankful. I remember opening the conversation of, like, I just want you to know that, like, um it's been it's been a it's been a journey for me to like come up to this point um and tell you this um and part of that journey has been really really like dark for me yeah. like i I went through like bouts of depression, yeah, because I was being too reflective and too critical of myself, yeah. and it's real like even having thoughts of like suicide yeah. like killing myself because i i was too afraid to like acknowledge my queerness or like yeah. or have or like shift like have this major shift in my perception of myself yeah. right like this is gonna undo everything that i was like working yeah as as a kid you know to like be a, this person like if i do this like one i can't i can't go back to I have to, like, adjust everything else, mm-hmm. right? Like, how... It's, like, starting from, like, mm-hmm. day one kind of thing. That, that's how it seemed to me. And, like, I think once I said that, my mom just kind of, like, broke down her own walls. Yeah. Because it was, like... I think for her, it was, like, I have to be here for my child right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't want to trigger another, like, depressive moment. You know what I mean? And she acknowledged that, like, she, she noticed those things um about me and um I remember like saying to her, um, I'm queer. Mm-hmm. And her like like being very silent and um like and even saying like I know.
2: Yeah.
0: Right and like back then for me that really bothered me because that means you were like stereotyping me, right? Mm-hmm. Or like you were mm-hmm. you already had like assumptions about me mm-hmm. and as a person i don't know if it's like associated with like my, my libra horoscope or whatever but like, <laughs> like as a person that's like the one thing that like i that really like irks me it's like when people make assumptions about other people without knowing like the truth yeah the truth or like having a conversation with them yeah. you know what i mean yeah. so like i like kind of like i kind of like wipe that away a little bit yeah. and um was like and opened up the conversation to, like, well, like, if you have, like, any questions about, like...
2: Mm.
0: Because, again, I didn't want people to misconstrue, like, my coming out. Yeah. Like, I wanted them to know who I was coming out as. Yeah, yeah. And so I was opening... Like, I opened the doors to everything, and, like, she asked me, like, questions of, like, when did you know type mm. of thing? Like, are you sure? Yeah. Um, and I was, like, really open to, like, answering those questions, and I appreciated it coming from yeah. my mom because that means that, it kind of undid what she said about like, Oh, I already knew. Right. Right. Because asking those questions kind of opened opened me up to like, know that she's trying to understand me. Mm. And I really, really appreciated that. Yeah. Um, and I, I remember being very, very specific about her not telling my dad because I wanted to do that myself. Yeah. Like I didn't want, I didn't want my dad to hear it from anyone else. Yeah. Yeah. Like if I fear my dad this much, yeah. if I fear this news or this part of me being revealed to my dad this much, it should come from me. Yeah. It shouldn't come from anybody else because then it's going to come, it's going to come from, it's going to come from, it's going to come to me At a different angle than I want it to. You know what I mean? I want to be face to face with my dad when I tell him. I don't want him to come at me sideways and be like, "Hey, I heard this," and like me have to like do extra work to turn around to face him. You know what I mean? Like I'm using metaphorical language, but like (laughs) I didn't. I wanted to like. I feel you. I wanted to come to him and not him come to me about it. Yeah. Um, because then I could, if I come to him about it, then I could like. I could shape the conversation or challenge him in the way that yeah. would, not for me, make him understand me right. more than, like, him hearing from somebody else making assumptions. Having yeah, I mean, assumptions, yeah. And having assumptions, emotions. yeah. And, like, you know, like, I don't know what kind of, like, questions he would have, right? right? So when it did come time to come out to my dad, like, he was this person that I, like, deemed as, like, super homophobic because of comments that he made in the past. And, like, he was definitely, like, a person that I thought would, like, never, like, come around to it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I was preparing myself for. Like, yeah. like, viewing my dad as, like, a bigot, basically, mm-hmm. right? Like, I had to prepare myself for the worst when it came to my dad. And when I finally did come out to him, I kind of... I played it just like I did with my mom like setting up the conversation inviting him into my room to talk to him and I remember him like um not even like approaching me um and like kind of comparing like what my mom and dad did like my mom like sat down with me on my bed and like held my hand and things like that and like um allowed me to cry and like be really vulnerable I was I was prepared to be less vulnerable with my dad Mm -hmm. because again like i was prepared for like right. the worst like i had to like i had to like really control my emotions in front of him um so that he knows that like i'm like sure of what i'm saying and not having it come out from an emotional right. place even though it should be the opposite way mm. like revealing emotions is the truth right. not like suppressing them you know mm. but um but when I came out to him, he didn't, like, burst out in, like, a burst of anger like I expected him to. Mm-hmm. Um, he was really calm about it, too. Like, he, like, kind of sat with the thought. And I remember him, like, shedding, like, tears mm-hmm. because of it. Like, and from, from like, the questions he was asking and from the comments that he was making, um, he was coming from a place of, like, what did, like, what did I do yeah. as a father to, like, for this to happen to my child type of thing. And, like, in that moment, like, I don't, like, I really don't believe, like, you know, this, like, like, queerness is, like, something that's, like, taught or whatever, right? I don't either. Um, But in that moment, I had to, like, understand where he was coming from. Yeah. And I remember him, like, being, like, really concerned for, like, my safety. You're going to be, you're going to face some, like, Really like nasty people
2: yeah.
0: who you know might hurt you yeah. because of who you are, and that was really surprising to me because like I expected, I expected the hurt to come from him, but yeah. he, but he was looking after me at that moment, and like I can't like appreciate that enough because I didn't I really didn't expect it from coming from him, and similar to you like I still don't have like i thought like you know coming out would be like it could go either way it could like really like open up a relationship with me and my dad or it could like cut it off
2: yeah
0: like those were the two extremes i was prepared for but like nothing really changed after that Mm -hmm. and i don't know like i'm 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 still salty about it because i would like to have a better relationship with my dad but it's separate from but it's separate from coming out yeah you know like it's not related at all that's how I felt which I which I which I did which I related to like I related the two or like I thought it was exclusive to yeah yeah I thought that you know I didn't have a good relationship with my dad because Mm -hmm. I was queer yeah and now like things are still the same yeah like as funny as like it is now like because of how I was prepared for it to go. Like, I was like, oh my God, this is gonna change everything, right? Mm-hmm. But it didn't really change anything. Mm-hmm. Like, we, like, I remember realizing at that moment, like, wow, like, our differences are not because I'm queer. Uh-huh. It's because of other things that, that we need to work on. <laughs> like, we all fucked up in other every... ways, <laughs> right? It's like, oh shoot, I'm not just fucked up in one way. <laughs> No, there are other things wrong with us
1: like you're saying that you're like preaching up my mind right now because I'm just like wait <laughs> like wait seriously you you let me you're supposed to hate me right now and to validate all the assumptions that I have which is kind of like again back to like how it was challenging for my dad and me at the same time we were challenging each other mm-hmm. but then also challenging ourselves and it sounds like the same thing for you to like prepare for that and then have your dad come in and then also be prepared to like go and have all these scenarios but like at the end of it all it's just embracing and and having that courage because correct me if I'm wrong but like the way when we came out like our dad's perceptions or like reactions to it totally took both of us aback mm-hmm. like aback, and like I didn't expect that but it also showed me of the assumptions that I hold in my head right. about these people mm-hmm. and the stories and the narratives that I'm painting in my head without actually talking to them about mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. but the difference is is that the f- now post out I could talk about this very openly mm-hmm. and not care if I'm talking about like a partner or someone named dating or whatever it is and like it's actually normal like and it's not like I don't want to talk to my dad or, or about like dating a guy it's just like I don't talk to parents my both my parents are <laughs> like line. you know I mean, but if it was to, if he was to ask, it would be interesting and like, or it would be fine. And like, I I think I told you that like I had come out and then I moved to Berkeley, Mm -hmm. and that was like my thing, Uh, like, my like real, like, wow exploring my queer identity and my game I had no idea and I want to know like how you feel like now with your how you've integrated your queer identity in your life or how does that like integrate in other facets mm-hmm. but like before we get there like my for me this was the comic relief of it all like we had, when I came back one of the first times from living in Berkeley it's just I think it was like a Mother's Day mm-hmm. and um, my brother and my dad were at the dinner table. We were at a Chinese restaurant, and like they were asking me, like, "Oh, so how is San Francisco life, or whatever, whatever? Have you been going out?" Because like we're all like drinkers, and like that's the thing that we all commonly talk about mm-hmm. is like going out. And then, like my brother had asked in front of my dad, like, "Oh, so how are the clubs out there?" I was like, "Oh, they're cool. Like, I've been going out like every weekend. Like, I met some cool folks. Oh, cool. Like, which ones do you go to?" I'm like, "I go to the gay clubs. <laughs> <laughs> gay clubs." What? And I'm like, "Well, yeah, duh. Like, I literally normalize it." And like, and then, um, and then, like both my dad and my brother were like, "Oh, cool." And I'm like, "Yeah. Like, the difference is that." The go-go dancers are guys, not girls. <laughs> like, my dad started laughing so bad. And I've never seen him laugh that loud. Mm-hmm. And that was... This, that, even though that was so small, mm-hmm. I remember it because for once, I felt involved in the conversation mm-hmm. and not exempt from it mm-hmm. and not felt targeted. Mm-hmm. That, like, I was teaching them in this moment. Yeah. Like, this is my normal. This is who I am. And and they were walking me to it. Yeah. And okay with it Mm -hmm. but then again like I said it it hasn't really changed my relationship (laughs) because we have other problems so
0: it's not my Mm. (laughs) I think that's that's a conversation for another episode daddy issues (laughs) (laughs) right let's play the Beyonce song
1: (laughs) Um, but yeah like what I was saying earlier like um, like now like speaking about like where how we've become who we are Mm -hmm. in our queer identities like how has it been for you, like, being fully out and just being really confident in who you are, like, in that aspect of yourself? Like, mm-hmm. and how does that, like, integrate into other aspects of your life? Like, how do you traverse it? What are some things or what are
0: some challenges that are you're facing still, mm-hmm. if you are? Yeah, um, prior to coming out or, like, being aware of my queerness but not coming out, especially to my parents, yeah. like, I was really, really apprehensive about, like, like even talking to guys, Oh. or people of the same sex like i like whether they're straight or gay or just dating um wise? yeah like i guess like dating wise oh, or like okay. pursuing like relationships type okay. of things okay. the relationship I, relationships i had before or like growing up were with um females mm-hmm. or um, people who identified as women and like i was prior to like coming out to my parents like i said like i was really like hesitant to like pursue like or explore this like queer side of me
2: yeah
0: and i remember like my first like kiss with a guy like i was so like i felt like i had sinned oh my god yeah (laughs) i remember being like curious like about this guy and like i don't know like there, there would be like like moments of like, oh my god, I think maybe like he kinda likes me too type of yeah. thing. And like it all come culminated into this moment in, uh, like at a club in New York and like we like we were dancing on the dance floor. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> now that I think about it it's kind of romantic. <laughs> I'm like why did I pursue this? <laughs> but like it all culminated on the dance floor at this New York club and like we like made out on the on the dance floor yeah. and like Took it to, like, took it to, like, our hotel room, but, like, not doing anything because I was, like, so self-conscious about it. Mm -hmm. Like, in the moment that we were kissing, like, I was, all I could think of was about, like, my parents. Like, like, fuck, what would my parents think about me kissing this person, right? Like, I don't know, I felt like I was being, like, a bad... Like child, child type of thing, and like I couldn't shake it, yeah. right? Even though it felt right in the moment, like and nothing, you know, the like hell didn't open up <laughs> while we were kissing, right? <laughs> <laughs> like nothing, like catastrophic happened as a result of it. Like I was still very, very like aware of my fear about my parents, mm-hmm. like. Finding it out, even though I was like across the country, yeah. right? Like, and I would never be like, "Oh my god, I kissed that boy," like, yeah. whatever. But like, now that I have like come out, and I feel like I'm like fully out, and can explore myself more.
2: Yeah.
0: I, I mean, <laughs> you can open the, you can open up my, my phone and see Grinder and like yeah. all the messages and whatever. But like, I. <laughs> I mean, I'm definitely a lot more open into, like, exploring myself. Yeah. And, like, that's the one thing about, like, coming out is that, like, it's such, like, like, no matter how many times I had to do it, because I did it with people, like, yeah. separately, no matter how many times I did it, it never, like, the, the feeling of, like, liberating myself mm-hmm. or that that feeling of, like, liberation, like was always present in those moments Mm. and I still carry it with me you know what I mean yeah like 100 percent. yeah like it over like it kind of it undoes and like overshadows all of the years of like me suppressing this side of me um and even though like I would have liked to like you know been aware of this like sooner so that I can so that I can explore myself more or like have more experience i guess yeah like the like we're like we're saying throughout this whole like episode it's like everyone's journey is different yeah. right and like even though like i was hella late i felt like i was hella late to come out like mm, so did I. like i i'm i'm grateful for like, that I'm grateful for the journey, and I'm grateful for, mm-hmm. like, the, process. the the process and the response that I got from people. Yeah. Like, because without, without the support of the people that, like, I had first come out to, like, I would never have, like, been able to come out to my mom. Mm-hmm. And without the support, um, or without the support of... Wait, let me backtrack. Without the support of the people I had first come out to, I would never have... Had the courage to come out to my cousin mm-hmm. without coming out to my cousin. I would never have been able to come out to like my sister yeah. and so so on and so, and so forth, on, yeah. right? Like it just it's like every time you come out, you like you build up the courage. Like mm-hmm. repeating your truth to yourself is so empowering. Like and sometimes, like, I even preach, have to remind, I even have to remind preach, myself preach. that I had, like, that I had to come out or, like, mm-hmm. the journey that I went through. Because now that I'm out, like, I'm so, I'm so much more comfortable expressing yeah. myself that I'm not, it's like... It's a non-issue. Yeah, it's a non-issue. Like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, like, holding, I'm not holding my S's shorter mm-hmm. to sound less feminine. I'm not, like... Yeah. Like, right, I'm flailing my hands as I talk right now, and, like, I don't I don't give a fuck. Like, it's part... It's, like, how am I expressing myself right now, and, like, yeah. who cares, right? I don't know what I am saying. Like, I don't... I'm not... I'm not... I'm no longer censoring myself. Yeah. And that's what coming out has done for me. That's good. And it's allowed me to be, like, a lot more creative with how I express myself and I'm, I'm still like playing with like as a kid I would never have like imagined myself like playing with makeup or like mm-hmm. getting into drag and stuff like that and like that's one thing like I really like enjoy now like yeah. playing with my more like I guess hyper feminine side yeah. is like something that like I still I mean it's something that I'm still struggling with and that like I can't I can't talk to my dad about it yeah, yeah right like but my mom just lives for my makeup looks. <laughs> I the, love o- your mom. the other night when I was playing when I was playing with makeup and like got in like to full drag um she was like oh I like you better with long hair <laughs> no
1: I'm sorry but when your mom told me like I had to think I was talking to her one time like when we were FaceTiming mm-hmm. and she said something like oh you mean my other daughter <laughs> 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 oh I love where you do that I love
0: your mom like, oh. oh, that's so great though. yeah yeah but that's I'm, that's something that I'm that I'm Always grateful for, and I'm like looking back at it. Like I'm not. I mean, I'm salty for like, yeah, for not being able to like express myself or like come out sooner. Yeah, and like explore myself. But at the same time, it's like this is what I had to go through to be able to like be who you are, be who I am now. And I'm still exploring parts of myself. Oh, and yeah. like having to come out in different ways too, right? Because I'm not. I'm not mm. like. We're constantly uh, growing, still. Yeah, we're constantly growing, and like yeah. I could identify as something else in the right. later on, right? Yeah. And like that's—it's just hasn't revealed itself to me yet, mm-hmm. you know. And I mean, like, and to say
1: something like you said just a minute ago about like speaking your truth and actually like over again, mm-hmm. like and reminding her, like just in preparation of this episode. Like I knew the go-to points that I needed to make about like what my process was, but I haven't revisited this conversation in like full-on conversation I don't know in years mm-hmm. and like obviously like I was tearing up and I was crying earlier and, and talking about that because it really brings me back to the spaces of that I had to put myself in mm-hmm. to get to where I'm at now. Mm-hmm. so I really, really do enjoy the fact that we're having this like very vulnerable conversation because it's humbling to realize what I had to go through to be who I am, and mm-hmm. like all and all part of the processes, like processes of those either helping me and supporting me along the way, or even challenging me, or whatever it was to get to this understanding. And no, by no means am I like this queer expert as well, or being a gay man, understanding out of all things gay. Like I know I'm gay, but I mean, it's just sometimes like I attribute. Corinna says something like in in another like metaphor like our our cultural identities like growing up as an American Filipino I didn't know I didn't know a lot about what it meant to be Filipino other mm-hmm. than here in America and so, like, that tells me that you can be something or someone or identify as something, but not know too much about it. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with, with my queerness. When I came out, <clears throat> I thought automatically, like, oh, I'm going to know everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm queer. I'm gay. Mm-hmm. And,
0: and then, like... the embodiment of yeah. gay. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: Like, and, like, and because I was so bold in the way I came out, mm-hmm. I think I was, like, looked at as the beacon or, like, the lighthouse about queerness in, like, all my heterosexual friends and family members because I was the only one. Mm-hmm. And um, they often looked at me and said, like, so what did... Like, they would ask me questions. Like, "Is I was like, oh, I don't know, you know. Mm-hmm. Which then transfers now, like, post-coming out. I was fully comfortable now identifying who I was sexually attracted to. But I think then started another challenge of learning and being conscious of my corners and understanding. And still till this day, it doesn't stop. Mm -hmm. And here we are talking about it. And I think what's so important is, is that the, how we talk about our truths and like layer on the additional things as we go through life is really empowering and uh, empowering for not just coming out as queer or gay or whatever, but in the other insecurities in our life that we've suppressed that like big or that big portion of our iceberg Mm -hmm. that's still present I mean that was part of it but there's other aspects of Mm -hmm. that but like I want to use that and I have used my queer experience in coming out to challenge me and my other identities because if I did it this way why can't I do it in other facets of my life and continue to grow because I love it I love Mm -hmm. being who I am and I love fully embracing like all those things that used to make me feel insecure my, my feminine tendencies and whatnot. but even in my profession, you know, like um, that used to be an issue. Like mm-hmm. as an educator, like, and I still, I mean, when I meet people, like, and they know I'm my my sexuality. Um, oh, how do you how do you deal with that at work? I mean, deal with what?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I tell them, sure, deal with what? Like, you being gay does? Do children ever like? I'm like, dude, does anybody else? Come out straight to their children, or talk about their marriages. You know what I mean? Like, no, it's a non-issue, and do most of my children know? Yeah, and if if my children are bold enough to ask me, like, "Oh, um, do you have a partner?" I, I, I embrace that, and I normalize. Like, thank you for asking that very conscious question, and not assuming what kind of person um, I'm attracted to. Mm-hmm. And that's how we deal with it. And mm-hmm. so, like now, like, but. It really has challenged me to be better just in all, all other aspects of myself mm-hmm. in general. Mm-hmm. And although we still have fucked up problems in other, other, other ways, um, it's a great reminder to know where we're coming from and how we have we to battle. It was a battle.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It was an internal battle. Mm-hmm. That translates into an external one with those that you think are fighting against you but are actually on your side, mm-hmm. at
0: least from my experience, yeah, yeah, um, kind of transitioning from that conversation to like um talking about our now yeah. like how like are there still are there still moments where you're like giving into like heteronormative mm, pressures well, or like question yeah, like because mm. i I definitely like still experience like moments of like, having to like quote unquote butch it up mm-hmm. in front of like masculine men, mm-hmm. right? Kind of feeling a little bit of like a tension between like how I identify now yeah. and with that and how I'm like presenting myself in those moments. Like mm-hmm. this is not me. Like you know like mm-hmm. how come I can't mm-hmm. how come I still can't be like fully me with like with the with these people, you know yeah. what I mean? So do you still like experience like those types of scenarios or moments? Like do you still kind of Censor yourself or like filter things?
1: Well, that's a hard question to answer because it always depends on the context of the situation, whether it's a professional one or, you know, or mm-hmm. like a social one. And if we're talking about social, straight male, like going to a friend's house and I'm the only queer person, it's not, it's a non issue for me. Mm-hmm. And I always do make it a point to like legit, like, one because I become on more defense mode because if I become in, if I end up in those spaces um, where there's potentially going to be something homophobic said because mm-hmm. um, you know that happens I always tell myself how do I how could I neutralize that mm-hmm. and show them that um, um, that I'm also queer and I'm ready to defend myself and normalize the situation mm-hmm. so like in terms of like. "Quote unquote, butching it up." Like, I want to say no, but I also want—I don't believe myself when I say that, you know. Mm Because I mean, like, I find that like sometimes we do it at a survival, depending on like the temperature of the situation, Mm -hmm. right? Like, Mm -hmm. thankfully, I haven't been put in like an aggressive situation where like uh, I've been treated homophobically um, in these social settings. But like, post coming out, oh. um, Good, good question though, because remember that family I was telling you that I don't identify or like actually stop being close with mm-hmm. because of the way they treated me as a kid? There was a post coming out story with that because um, I don't know, were you ever afraid of the question? Do you have a girlfriend? Yeah, I still am. Okay, yeah, because that was an issue, right, yeah. growing up. Like, when are you gonna have a girl? Like, for me, like, oh, God, I hated that. And my go-to was like, I'm just focusing on school. Like, you know, I just don't have time and mm-hmm. whatever, 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 right? Okay, post out. This is the the Jr. That's like comfortable, and the same uncle who used to call me Barbie. Um, asked me that question again. And I was so glad to be put in this situation. He's like, oh, so do you have a girlfriend yet? And I said, I looked, I, like, side-eyed him a little. I was like, oh, no. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, and, like, you know, was like, oh, like, ready for me to say my standard answer. And um, I said, no, but if you were to ask me if um, I've been dating guys, that would be a different question. That would be a different answer. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, I didn't. I was like, yeah, <laughs> and like I just kind of shrugged it off and laughed about it. Like, yeah, I get it right first. Mm-hmm. Don't ask me these one microaggressive questions that assume of me. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I've handled it then. But, um, but I mean, guess to answer your question, like I don't necessarily. Feel like I, oh, but I'm more comfortable like showing like between you and I. I think our dynamic is different because mm-hmm. we kiki, we do all this, you know, whatever. I mean that side doesn't come out to everybody. Mm-hmm. It's only because of the, the sense of comfort. But I don't know. Right. If I, do but, I want to attribute it to the queerness of it? I mm. don't know.
0: Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I definitely am not. I mean, I definitely don't want to come off as like I'm aware of my queerness like all the time. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean, and like have. I'm, like, always have this agenda that I'm, like, I'm going to, like, portray it or express it, like, in front of, like, everyone, like, it's, it does depend on, like, my relationship with those people. Yeah, yeah. But I do notice that I tend to, like, um, I tend to, again, quote-unquote, butch it up with, like, with like men who are like mm-hmm. more masculine mm-hmm. um i guess it's, it's more of like to fit in yeah type of thing right mm-hmm. and like i i still struggle with that type of thing mm-hmm. right because like a lot of the times it ends up a lot of problematic things tend to be said when you're trying when you're trying to like super like emas- emasculate or emasculate emasculate Super, like, be masculine, you know. <laughs> <laughs> masculine, like, um, Because I mean, I a lot of masculinity is like force, and like you mm. have to like protect it in order to like sustain it, mm. and like in a lot of in a lot of ways, the way to protect it is like really, really like hurtful or problematic. And so, like, when when I when I find myself going into that mode or in that area, like. I feel really bad about it. Mm, yeah. So like even though even though I'm out I still experience these like moments of like checking my checking my checking my femininity and like the one thing I want to like share in this conversation is that like we're we're not associating being associating gay men with being more feminine. Yeah. Like no, not at all. Like there are like butch ass men, like masculine ass men who are gay like and like right. I mean we... That's what we, you know, deem as, like, mask men. Yeah. Right? Using that label. Um, but, like... Ju- like, being... Being more, like, connected to, like, my feminine side. Mm-hmm. And then, like... Fr- and then having to, like, put a front up to these people. Mm-hmm. Of being, like, more masculine. Yeah. Like... Is still a point of like contention for really? me, mm-hmm. yeah. Like post, like coming out, yeah. Like, and it's something I'm still like working on the processing, and like, I don't know if that's like something that I'm, that that Even has that to be. Does it need to be fixed? To yeah, manage, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if that's something that has to yeah. be like, um, something that needs to be, yeah, like fixed or yeah. addressed in any type of like way.
1: I mean, maybe it's a bigger conversation for another episode, but mm-hmm. I mean I knew I know what you're talking about here because like for me, like I still struggle with like labels of like masculine and feminine. What what does that really mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like really like it just be true to yourself in that moment. And like for me, like when you said like when you've in moments that you are feeling that way and Like, you feel bad about it, or, like, Mm -hmm. you wonder about your own self. Like, that to me, I would challenge you on that. Because, yeah, like, what can you do differently so that you are the more you? Like, because for me, anytime I felt challenged... I challenge back mm-hmm. like that's that's my expression of like taking control of the social situation making it known that I'm queer or whatever that is and also being able to talk whatever it needs to be talked about like to make y'all feel comfortable too mm-hmm. because if we're talking if we're in a social let's be equitable about equitable about it like mm-hmm. you're feeling comfortable because of that but if my whatever I'm exuding right now is making you feel uncomfortable no, let's talk about that because that's unfair mm-hmm. why are we all here in the same space then mm-hmm. and then if it becomes a point of which, like, that becomes a problem, then bye. I don't need to be in this space, mm-hmm. and you are not my business. Right. And I'm not sitting here trying to explain, like, the spectrum of what that is, but all I am defending is is that we should all, no matter what, like, just be true to ourselves and mm-hmm. who we are and how we love and um, how we love with each other, mm-hmm. um, because it shouldn't be at the expense of somebody else's character, expense of somebody else's sexuality, and, right. um... should never be that way right and like and i do want to say that like in and because this is our this was our coming out story like just having those conversation of is he do you think he's gay or even asking that question don't ask me that Mm -hmm. i've been i've been telling people that like in my inner circles like um when we're outside like because I'm single, right? No, my girlfriend's want me to, like, like, have a boyfriend. They're like, do you think he's gay? I'm like, no, that's not the... Stop it. That's not it doesn't, how it This doesn't come that way. <laughs> Don't. If there's an attraction, it'll naturally find itself, yeah. right? Like, so let's stop asking those types of questions. And, like, because however you identify in your sexuality, you're the owner of that. hmm um, and if that person is in a state of questioning, let that person be in a state of questioning. You don't have to take hone of their identity and claim them um, before they, they, before they themselves know. Mm-hmm. So like just putting it out there mm-hmm. <laughs> to celebrate right. all of this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's what, that's what this podcast is about. Right. Like, mm-hmm. In talking about like masculine versus yeah. feminine, 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 <laughs> feminine, that's a new thing, <laughs> yeah. feminine, it's the, it's the, oh it's the mid, it's the midway, like, I love it. it's the, it's the neutral, no, I'm just kidding, so, <laughs> um, but, um, what's it called, but like in talking about like fem being feminine and masculine, like that's kind of like what we're doing here like, with the podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I mean, that's one of the goals that we have with the podcast is, like, we kind of started this podcast as a part of our queer journey mm-hmm. um, in in that we know that, like, having these types of conversations with each other will only help us grow our understanding of our queerness. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. And ourselves, right? And even society, because we'd like to talk about um, what's going on In society and like but also normalizing these types of conversations yes Um, thank you yeah like it's thank you um we can have these conversations with different people Mm -hmm. um and we can get you know these conversations from you know different outlets there are a lot of um queer magazines and queer like youtube channels and things like that but like Mm -hmm. It's one thing to like hear it from somebody else, but having a conversation, right. having an actual conversation with each other, with yourself, and reflecting it upon yeah. it with your within yourself is like is different because, yeah. again, like throughout this conversation, throughout this whole conversation, rep- repetitively, we've been saying like everyone's coming out journey is different, yeah. and it's like this podcast. This podcast is is about not only about challenging masculinity and toxic, toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. Um, and not necessarily challenging challenging it with femininity, right. but just challenging challenging it in that like a lot of a lot of the math, toxic masculine like narratives suppress conversation, of- suppress feelings, suppress right. emotions, mm-hmm. and as we said earlier, it's repeating your truth to yourself and being emotional and vulnerable that reveals the truth yes i agree and yeah
1: 100 percent. and that like this is not a like you, you said it well like it's not to challenge it with femininity mm-hmm. it's to challenge the labels in general right. and what those types of labels like and we have like literally just been vulnerable with our just selves and looking back at our past and how we've been like like treating ourselves as a result of everything else and Mm -hmm. so like being more open minded to how you speak in normal conversation to each other about issues that can actually be like abusive to folks, mm-hmm. like mentally abusive to folks. I mean like just how like you and I were both like learning through our dad's reactions to other things, not even directly at us, how that was causing like this internal pain for mm-hmm. us. Like just be mindful of that. Like you never know who's listening. Mm-hmm. You never really know like what that's creating in a, in a, in a child's mind. They're so impressionable. Right. And I'm so glad, um, for my story and that, it, cause I know that there's even more horrific stories out there, but I, I I love to hear them, and I love, like you said, to be able to promote this idea of talking about it, talking about your truth, because that's the only thing we have. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't have to suppress ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. But that's that's that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But Sunny, I want to do say thank you for like that because, oh my God, I just like learned so much more about you. <laughs> yeah,
0: that, that was the first time I heard like your full coming out story, <laughs> yeah, and so like. Cute. Um, yeah, I just want to appreciate you for, like, being vulnerable and, like, mm-hmm. sharing that side of yourself that I never knew about. And also being open to, like, hearing my story.
2: Yeah.
0: Right? Brave like, there were 22. a lot, I mean, there were a lot of similarities, but also a lot of differences in, like, the way we perceived our queerness. And, like, even the way, like, we identify, yeah. I think, is mm-hmm. is in the spectrum of queerness. Yeah. But... a little different yeah it is I mean like
1: explicitly you identify as as queer Mm -hmm. I identify as queer and gay male Mm -hmm. like that's who I like I do both Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not that I get more,
0: <laughs> like, but like that's how I feel. Yeah, but um, I just I just really want to end this conversation yeah. again by thanking um you for being open and vulnerable. Oh, um, right. but also for those of you who do listen to us, um, for being open to hearing our yes, our conversation and our story. Yes. If you made it this far, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> thank you, thank you, uh-huh. um, and um just want to say again, everyone's coming out journey everyone's journey um, into like coming to the full selves being vulnerable with their truth is different it's pers- it's personal to everyone and we do not promote anybody like being outed yeah um, and we don't like, no one should have to be no one should be forced to come out yeah because everyone again everyone's journey is different and like it has it has to be the the person's kind of initiative to right. to do right to take that to take that step for themselves and um i'm very thankful for the people in my family um for allowing me to do that right yeah. even though like they questioned they might have questioned me yeah like they didn't they did they weren't blatantly like oh my god like are like you're gay yeah like we know it right yeah you should just admit it type of thing right. so i'm really thankful for that because they allowed me to explore myself and that's one thing i really like appreciate about like my journey is that like i was able to explore myself even though part of the exploration exploration was hiding
1: yeah
0: part of parts of myself and um
1: I, to, add, uh, to add to that like i mean because my
0: journey was a little like
1: that mm-hmm. but like we don't promote this idea of outing someone, but I do want to say we do promote you seeking out your truth right. and getting it, no matter what yeah, it no takes, matter what, even yeah. if it means you have to get challenged by someone or not, or yeah. some situation. Mm-hmm. The closer you are to it, the better you
0: are for it, yeah. and for yourself, yeah. and for everybody around you. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly, it's freeing, it's liberating. You yeah. said it, liberation. Yeah, it's always it's always going to be challenging, mm-hmm. no matter what the, the situation yeah. is. Um, but you don't have to do it alone. Yeah. I think is, is what I'm getting from what you're saying. Absolutely. Right. Like you can, there are people out there that you can talk to. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and that in itself is a challenge, especially if you're, if you're still questioning or like in the moments of like admitting to yourself, like Mm -hmm. your truth, like you don't have, there are people that you can talk to even if it isn't somebody that like you totally know there are, there are centers and like communities that, um, are here for that type of, Mm -hmm. for that type of conversation. Right. Like you can like, I mean, just like LGBTQs, Centers yeah. um, where you can get help about um, like coming out or like your identity, mm-hmm. understanding your queerness, and understanding um, like sexual wellness and health. Um, these are spaces that are open to like pe- to to people, yeah. and um, I encourage people to seek seek out help if Absolutely. they need it. If they need it, yes. Yeah. Yay.
1: Yay. well with that said yeah. um, shall we do we didn't really do a midway check in on our stuff. no so it was like our final review it was
0: really hard to <laughs> to have to cut off our conversation it, yeah we do that yeah. there's no way yeah. so
1: sorry about that we didn't have our mid <laughs> like I could honestly tell you right now though like midway through mm-hmm. I think our mask checked in with ourselves <laughs> they literally just fell off
0: <laughs> yeah so um, let's get into our final review of the mask um, again we were we um, we did the Avatara Chill Out Face Mask um, that I got from Target, um, and again, the price point is $2.99 per mask. Mm-hmm. And um, it's um, it's supposed to it's supposed to like soothe your skin, your stressed out skin. Yes. So how do you how do you feel about it now that you know we've Fully done the conversation.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) It wasn't stressful at all.
0: um, I feel it's great. I give
1: it a a solid four, Mm -hmm. and I give it a four because um, it's it does it does it did what it said it does. Um, It's really wet in the beginning. Maybe it's because it's supposed to be that way, and it was like really pouring on on my face. But I liked it. I don't. I would buy it, especially, like, I think you recommended doing it, like, on a plane when Mm -hmm. your skin um, really takes a lot of shit in that compressed air or whatever, so I would definitely do that. Mm -hmm.
0: What about you? Yeah, I mean, this is a mask that I have tried before, and I definitely um, take it with me um, when I go on trips and stuff Mm -hmm. like that because I feel like on trips is when I become, like... Was when I'm less kind to my body, mm-hmm. and like, so my my skin, <laughs> my skin insane. is gonna my skin is gonna show it in some way, and like yeah. I feel like this mask kind of helps calm down the skin, yeah. um, and it definitely does that for me, and um, it's a it definitely like hydrated my face, yeah, um, my face feels like really plump and like hydrated and supple, mm-hmm. um, but I also give it. Um, Mm, I also give it a four. Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah. We
0: agree. Um, So, um, and I give it a four because, I mean, it does do what it says it it does. Um, and I really like it. It's something I go to, but, um, I just wish that like the packaging was a little bit different. Oh, because it's not environmentally friendly. No, I I mean the ingredients, the ingredients are really good. I think I haven't read the whole ingredients list, but I mean it being like paraben free, silicone free, all of those stuff, like, Mm -hmm. like, Take it, take it a step further. You yes. know, if you're gonna, if you want to be like an environmentally conscious like brand, like do it, <laughs> do it. Like do you don't need all this plastic. Passive aggressive packaging. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, I mean, this conversation is um, is gonna be kind of the theme throughout the whole month. Um, yeah. Is taking pride in our identities and yeah. um, acknowledging and celebrating that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, with that Living said, in your truth, yes. With that said. Um, please stay tuned to future episodes and follow us on Mask for Mask Podcast on Instagram and email us at mask for mask podcast g- at Gmail. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to join in on the conversation um, and celebrate with us, yeah, so definitely. Another episode of Mask for Mask. Bye. <laughs> Bye.